So it doesn't really matter how we start now because it just fade in from when it like starts because yeah. it's too much going and this and this and this. We'll yeah. try and get to I remember, I remember at some point. Right, okay. Um, right, yeah. So. Hello, welcome to Barely Legal Comedy Podcast. I'm Alex Baldwin, he's Chris Keogh, he's a barrister, I've got a law degree, we're both comedians. But then, so I've sat, I sat there, I'll get my suit on, ready for going to, uh, going to court, and by suit, um, I mean jacket, shirt and a tie, because they can only see you on teams hearings from your torso up, you right. know, so you don't actually, so I was just wearing jeans and slippers underneath, just a top tip for anyone there. Um, in the family court, you don't need trousers, uh, which is quite ironic. <laughs> but, um... Is that something you should say? Surely that's where you're in the family court in the first place. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so I put a suit on, ready to do this hearing. Um, and and then I was like, can anyone let me into the team's meeting, please, so that we can, you know, I can do this hearing. And someone got, then one of the parties got on and said, it was listed at three o'clock. I said, no, it's ten. So I've got, on Friday... A notice of hearing through from the court saying 10 o'clock it was listed at, blah, blah, blah. I've got everything ready. So I've been up since 6 o'clock this morning to prep for it and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yep. I've been away at the weekend, ready to go at 10, get told actually it's at 3. Now, I can't do it at 3 because I've got to pick the kids up from school, which is what I do on a Monday. So then I've been, spent all morning trying to find out, is it at 10, like from, trying to get confirmation from the court when the hearing is, then seeing if someone can cover me for this hearing Later on. So basically, by the time you got round, I spent all morning, like just running around, sort of trying to sort stuff out for something that, like, didn't actually didn't even happen. happen. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Because what I do when I when I when I get a case is that the first thing I do, and this, I was taught this at bar school, is that I will read it pretty much straight away so that I'm aware as to what the matter is. Right. Okay. So, so when you say you taught that at bar school, do they actually, is that like a was that just the barrister that was teaching you his technique, or is that like a recognised? It was just he, he, what his advice was. He or she. Yeah, it, it was a he, though. Yeah. <laughs> his <laughs> advice was um, to read a brief as soon as you can. Right. Because it'll just plant the seed in your, in your mind. Yes. And even if the case is in three weeks' time or whatever, it'll just be there then. And then you can, you know, you, you, similar to, like, to lots of things. Everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, once it's there, <clears> it's, you're ruminating on it. Things pop into your head while you're driving about, you know, yeah. or, or you're in the shower or something like that. Um, so that was his advice. So I always do that. I always make sure that I know about it up front and then I'm often sort of thinking about it in the almost subconsciously in the background. Mm. So then when I come to actually prep it, I've all I've already sort of done it in my head, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes um, sense. so yeah, but it so so I'd done that with this. So then I, I so I was just gonna go through it this morning, um, to, you know, cross the I's and dot the T's. Yeah, uh, and then it the gets bumped but, to um, this afternoon. It bumps this afternoon, I can't do it now. So my colleague has now got to pick it up. Thingy. But because I've already done it, I've sent a lengthy email explaining exactly what it's all about and what he needs to say. So there you go. But basically, I've spent five hours ish today on doing something that I won't end up doing. <laughs> you know, so it's, it feels like and it's been my day off. It's like yeah, if, I'd, yeah. if I'd known that it was going to be three o'clock this afternoon, I could have sorted that out. Then you could have took another day this week. A, I could have took another day this week, or I could have just sort of got up, after, you know, because I got up early anyway because of the kids. I could have, could have gone on for one of my long walks and done a bit of bird watching before you <laughs> oh, came round. Oh, no, Whereas it is, yeah. I've just been stuck in the house sending emails and phoning around <laughs> trying to find out what's going on with this case. Yeah. 
What a waste of time. And also, what a waste of money because you are attached to the police. Yeah. You get paid by the police, which is taxpayers' money at the end of the day. And you've been working, but to no... For nothing, You've yeah. not done anything. No, no, I've, I've achieved nothing you, today. For four hours, you've had to try <laughs> and find cover and write, basically write, a, this is my handover as to this case that I can't... What a waste yeah. of everyone's time. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing today. So that's been great fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I can't even remember what episode we're on. Seven, eight, nine... I, I think it might be eight. Right. Yes. I don't even remember if the format of... I remember, I remember's worked. It's, so um, let's forget. I mean, the fact we can't even remember exactly. whether that's worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's forget that. Let's do, I forget, I forget, I forget. <laughs> and we don't have to be bound by it anymore. Um, this is what happens. We set ourselves rules and then find out that we're both the type of person who doesn't like to be bound by rules. Yes. And we operate within parameters. Partly or partly because we're too lazy because you're busy prepping buddy cases that you're not that even going to do in court. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I've got, you know, a Sky Sports Golf. So <laughs> I, my days are pretty full. <laughs> so we can't be bothered to like write something that correlates to the case, which... I remember is one of the possibly the best case of all time. It's ten out of ten. This case, isn't it? Yeah, this is a real good case. Right. So, yeah. what case are we doing today? So, so just to put it into context, so we've been doing about actus reus, haven't we? So, we've been doing about the elements of of, of crime in yeah. essence. We're still on actus reus, but um, being the showman that I am, I want to segue into ah. mens rea. Um, quite <laughs> nice. Showman, <laughs> you're gonna end up teaching students in Liverpool, aren't you? This uh, is, yeah. can you imagine those poor <laughs> three hours of you, <laughs> three hours where they're not really allowed to leave or sleep and you'll be doing little jokes and turning up in your gig clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor my, bastards. My gig clothes. You will, you'll turn up in like some sort of Jacobean ruff or whatever <laughs> the f*** you're wearing nowadays, <laughs> dressed as T.P. Barnum. <laughs> Imagine you with jodhpurs and leather boots on, marching away at the front of a lecture hall with a little whip like that. Well, everyone, roll up, roll up. Who wants some law? Oh, no. God, if I'd have done better in my A-levels, I'd have gone to a proper university. <laughs> so, right, what case did you say it was? Well, I'm not saying what the oh. case it was yet. I'm just... Listen, you can't even remember what's been the one I'm barely here mentally anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the planet, I'm just, <laughs> after COVID, I've not, I've not fully recovered, but I'm actually happier because I don't really think anymore. It's quite right, okay. it's a really yeah. lovely way to be. When you say after COVID, you mean after, you've not had COVID? No, after the COVID. COVID year of year out, my brain just didn't come back. Right, it's, okay. It's still on a holiday. That's true for quite a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we're doing about access race, but we're doing about how the access race has to be voluntary, okay? Right, yes. Um, it can't be involuntary. So Does that you, make sense? Yes, kind of. So the access race, just to clear it up again, is the physical act of doing, uh, of involved in the crime. So yeah. if, the, if it's assault, it's the, the punch was thrown by that person. Yeah, or if it's theft, the physical taking of goods belonging to another. And yeah. obviously the intention to permanently deprive 
would be the mens rea, which is what we're going to come on to yeah. after we've done which this. Is the me- that's which is the, the mental, mental element, so anything to do with intent yeah. or recklessness or whatever. is. is so if for some reason this is your first episode and you've got this far, well done. Um, there's another six or seven episodes before this, yeah. so go back and start at the beginning. Yeah, it makes sense to do that. Um, yeah, so, but a, a good case uh, the, the, to introduce where there can be issues where the access race isn't voluntary is the case of the Crown and Quick. Okay? Mm. Um, now, this is from 1973. So it's the Crown and William George Henry Quick, and also, to be fair, William Paddison, who is his co accused. Paddison, I remember that name now. Mm. God, this is, this is a really great case. Yeah. So it was heard in uh, in the Court of Appeal, before the Court of Appeal, on the 18th of April, 1973, um, before Lord Justice Lawton, yeah. Mr Justice Mokata, Mokata, really? That... yeah, and Mr Justice Milmo. Milmo? Are they weird names? Mokata <laughs> and Milmo, don't they yeah, sound yeah. like a Tolkien yeah. kind of names? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sounds like a sort of design house, doesn't it? Like Mokata yeah. and Milmo. Yeah, it does actually, yeah. That sort of Scandi style. Yeah. Sort of minimalist, sort yeah, of like um, furniture and yeah, you know. just oh yeah, natural light. We believe in natural light, big <laughs> windows and stuff, and everything's blonde. That's yeah. Scandi style, I think. <laughs> um, I mean the wood, not the people. Although the people probably are as well, aren't they? Realistically, quite a lot, quite a few are. I believe that's the stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. So and it was yeah, as I say, nineteen seventy-three. Right now, this is. Um, so, the, so it's in the court of appeals that they've been previously convicted, okay, so they've mm. appealed that conviction. Um, uh, the facts of the case are this, so the appellants were both employed at Farley Mental Hospital flat, in Flaxborton, Somerset. Right. I love, I love town names from different parts of the country. Yeah. Because I've been down in uh, Shropshire this weekend. And there was a, a town that we drove from the way down there called Western Under Lizard, which was, Whoa. That was a brilliant town. That's name. pretty cool. I've never... I've never seen that. I remember yeah. driving to Southampton, so it's probably Hampshire or somewhere, and it was like this picturesque, beautiful village. And as you used to drive in, it said like one mile Compton. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, you couldn't be further away from what you imagine Compton. I saw a sign for Compton on the way back from Shropshire, so it might be the same. There's a few. Like, no, this is in Hampshire. Oh, this right, is okay. past. This is like M3. Yeah. Once you're over that kind of way, past Oxfordshire anyway, at least. There's probably loads. It probably just means comp town. town. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, they do the famous races. Do da, do da. <laughs> right. So we've got two, what are they called? Quick and. Paddison. Paddison. So they both They're work in... at this mental hospital yeah, in, in Somerset. Somerset. Right. Quick, Which quick. again, post COVID times, yeah. they're working in care. Yeah. Quick was a charge nurse, okay? Right. And Paddison, a state-enrolled nurse. Don't know what the difference is between those. No. Um, at the trial, it was not disputed, okay, that about 4pm on the 27th of December, 1971, so that's my birthday. Um, what, 4th of December? 27th of December. 1971? I was born in 1979, but <laughs> not. If anyone wants to uh, steal my identity, it's going to be yeah. my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, his <laughs> password's probably something wanky <laughs> as well, isn't it? Um, <laughs> what would your password be? Picasso, blue period. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sneakily, the uh, L in the blue period is actually a little one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then some sort of emoji. <laughs> yeah. 
that I've designed myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so it wasn't disputed that at 4pm on the 27th of December 1971, one green, so this is the victim, uh, now I'm going to use some language which was correct language at the time but sounds a little bit offensive right. now. One green. So, so, I mean, so this a green. A, a green, a yeah. person called green is the victim. A paraplegic spastic patient. Right, um, okay. Un, unable to walk. Okay. Right. Just in case you didn't get what paraplegic <laughs> yeah. spastic patient paraplegic. meant. <laughs> well, spastic's got bad connotations, but there's still, as a word, it just means like... It's a specific... It's a, it's a spastic, name. Spasticity, isn't it? Yeah. It's, well, there used to be the, the spastic society, didn't there? Yeah. But now, is that scope? No. Yeah, or... Um, uh, yeah, it's I one of them. I think it's scope, isn't it? No, yeah. Um, but it used to be a thing, though. I used to put money in the in the box, didn't you? For the spastic yeah. society. Yeah. But it's one of those words that's changed... Change meaning because people use it as a pejorative, and then you go about well, we'll change our names, and then people just change, start using that word instead yeah. as the pejorative, and then it. Oh, just like, loads is, is of it kids. It's like a treadmill of offence, isn't it? You know. Yeah, like, like somebody at football gives you a bad pass. Oh, you scope. <laughs> you scopey <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if we're laughing at it now. I don't know if we should be doing that. No. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> put everyone off. It's fine. Um, yeah, so he's unable to walk. So he's sitting, uh, as, as you might expect, in the Rosemount ward at the hospital watching television. So he's minding his own business. Right. Quick was on duty and Paddison had gone off duty at 2pm but was still present in the ward. Okay. Right, okay. Half an hour later, Green had sustained two black eyes, a fractured <laughs> nose, oh, a split lip which required three stitches wow. and bruising of his arm and shoulders. Right. There was undisputed medical evidence that these injuries could not have been self-inflicted. Right. Okay. So well, something's happened. Yes. Okay. And it's, I mean, if you think it's of an image, it's quite tragic in a way, but it's also pretty obvious he hasn't done that because his legs don't work. Yeah. Is he quadriplegic or paraplegic? Paraplegic. paraplegic. So maybe his arms do work. But, but it's, it's like hard to... Yeah, still hard to hit yourself in the face and split your lip. I yeah, suppose and it's fracture doable, your nose but... and give yourself two black. I mean, I suppose the two black eyes and a fractured nose could be the one thing, couldn't they? You know what I mean? You'll get a black eye. Yeah, from the I mean, it's all—it's not your first port of call, is it? If you were investigating that, you it's very would... clear this man's put <laughs> these injuries on himself. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so much gone on. So much very obviously has gone yeah. on. Yeah, from a sitting position as well to get the force. You know what I mean? With no, I think we should just discount looking at. Yeah. I, th I think it's fair to say that it, well, it, is, is, it is undisputed yeah. medical evidence. We agree with the medical practitioners from the 70s. It. So it's Quick or Paddison, I'm guessing, is in the frame. Well, here we are. So the prosecution's case was that Quick had inflicted the injuries on Green and that Paddison had been present aiding and abetting him, <laughs> not by physical participation, but by encouragement. Right. I think, go on, it's him quick. You yeah. know, that's the worst. It's that's him quick. That's worse than <laughs> quick almost, I think, that. Egging someone on to attack someone in a wheelchair. Do you? Well, he might be in a wheelchair. He might just be sitting on a seat, to be fair. But, yeah. yeah. Do you think it's worse than actually... Sort of. I think it's like the cowardly... It's like cowardly. Yeah, yeah. Although he's... Paddison's not at work. But he's like, off. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe off. No, beat him up. Don't care. I'm not getting good. paid to hit him. You do it. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, I think the hitting's the worst bit. The punching of the dude. Right. Then go on. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. But I say I almost think it's worse because clearly hitting someone is worse. Mm. But I, 
think not encouraging someone to do that in given the circumstances. <laughs> you don't know what he's like. This really green. Bad. He might be a pain in the ass. He might, might be a pain in the ass. He might have been. Say he was being really racist or really abusive. You just go. Oh, don't take that. Yeah. It's him, but then give he does it. Him, give him like, a couple oh, of digs to teach yeah. him a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway so. sh- you shouldn't do it if you work in care, should you? Give someone two black eyes, break the nose, and give them a. I mean. I, I would advise you shouldn't do it if you, even if you don't work in care. Yeah. To be honest with you. But, um, but your job status doesn't give you sort of carte blanche to do whatever you want. Um, uh, yeah. So that was that was the case basically. The quicks done it, and that Paddison has sort of has aided, aided and abetted, and abetted but by encouraging cajoling him. Okay. Yeah. Um, Quick pleaded not guilty. Okay. Um, Is it aiding and abetting? If you're just egging someone on, what what really are you doing wrong? Well, you you you're in, you're encouraging, encouraging. You, you you're creating the atmosphere in which it's more likely to happen. Yeah. But it would that so, so if someone's going, oh, I've got, I'm in two minds about whether to hit that disabled bloke <laughs> over there, and someone goes, go on, you should definitely yeah, do it. You, you know, like right. that, that is clearly you 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 are um, assisting the offence being carried out, aren't you? I don't know. I don't know. Right. Okay. I don't know if that's the, it's not the same as like. Somebody's stolen something, you know about it, the police come knocking, you don't tell the police, or you willingly help them fence those goods. That's aiding and abetting, isn't it? Or you um, keep lookout for someone and give a whistle when a police fella comes round the corner. That's aiding and abetting. Right, okay. Just going, go on, yeah. him. Is, is that enough? Well, well, what you should do, you should write to um, the courts... <laughs> The criminal justice system in the seventies, and tell them I think you've got this aiding and abetting thing entirely wrong. You know, it's wrong. I don't know. I'm just all I'm saying is, if there was a fight outside a pub, and you were stood outside a pub going, "Go on, go on, hey," because it's a fight. Yeah, yeah. Then, and one of the people falls and smashes their head on a curb and dies. You wouldn't be an accessory to murder. You could, potentially, you could be. Should come on. Everybody's done that. Everybody's mm. seen yeah, well, a fight. Everyone should think twice about what they do. Then, shouldn't they? Wow. Well, that's that's. I think that's too harsh. From the <laughs> from playground days when yeah. everybody would like watching, yeah. like start yeah, chanting, why, "We want blood!" or "Fight, it, fight, fight!" Yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, cool. but you would. Yeah, it still doesn't. Just because you did it doesn't mean it was all right. I in think. The eyes of the I think that's There's harsh. lots of things that go on between kids at school that are prop that are illegal. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, if it was yeah. actually brought before the court, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most things don't get brought if the it court. was brought before the court like homework <laughs> copying and stuff <laughs> yeah exactly plagiarism you know? yeah. um, right so so right so his defence what he tried to, to do was what he tried to say was that he um, tried to issue a defence of automatism okay um, by which who he, quick quick did um, he yeah he, he basically tr- he said that he wasn't um, in control of his actions. Um, right, okay. Um, and, and, and so on. But um, there was a ruling by the judge in the, in the lower court that in, in law of the evidence relied upon by Quick to support a defence of automatism. Um, and at the close of the evidence, Quick actually pleaded guilty to count two of the indictment about the assault. And the judge's ruling was to the effect that his evidence could only be relied upon to support a defence of insanity. So there was a difference right, okay. between like so insanity is after the you know it is different from automatism. So um, right, and we'll look at insanity, but you can be yeah, you can be actually 
insane. You can be temporarily insane. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go on to, to look at defences, basically, and automatism is one. But there's always a bit of crossover in these things. So we're, t- we're dealing with this one particularly now because it's relevant to, to Actus Reus and the voluntariness of it. Right. Um, so why is he saying it, why is he trying to rely on automatism? Because Paddison was shouting "Go on," and he was like, "Oh, I couldn't control." Well, myself. well, no. So this, so this is, so we're going to talk about that now. This is what happened. So, um, do you know what my dream would be if we were ever big enough? We could say we'll go on to talk about that after the break, and then uh, after these messages from our sponsor, and then it'd be like. Aston Martin garages <laughs> <laughs> invited to try the new Aston Martin, and then vroom, vroom, and then we both like yes, we like our Aston Martins that they gave us. They're very good, <laughs> and then we come back. But that, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you never. But know. your agent sponsors us basically. She yeah, pays basically. for the. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? Yeah, Kay, she's lovely. Yeah, she is. She's she doesn't give us an Aston Martin, so but, no, but, or but, or ask for a plug. No, exactly. So we're not going to give her one. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not mention a... Andromeda talent. There you go. That's right. It, so if you is. want... So technically, if we got enough listeners... Well, technically we've got enough listeners to do anything. But to all put a pound in, we could hire you via Andromeda talent to do a speech for an hour on anything that we wanted. <laughs> I'm such, I'm such a, a whore. A whore for uh, the work. <laughs> yes, you probably could. You yeah, could, and we could hire out like the most unsuitable venue. Yeah. Like, where would that be for you? So a McDonald's. You could, you could have me doing a, a rallying cry for the yeah a gig in support of the EDL at McDonald's. Or <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While simultaneously hosting a children's party. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so the evidence that the judge came to rule by came partly from witnesses for the prosecution and partly from quicksilver evidence, okay? And that's of a consultant physician, Dr. Cates, who was called on his behalf. Um, now, the prosecution witnesses included that of a um, another nurse, a state-enrolled nurse at the facility called Willerton, who was on duty in Rosemount Ward at the material time. Now, he said that at about 4pm he'd been summoned to the television lounge where he found green on the floor. Television lounge, oh my God, what, what an image. Green's yeah. on the floor. He green's on the floor with, the in, with injuries to his face and struggling. Quick was sitting astride him. So <laughs> right, he's on okay. top of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Quick seemed glassy-eyed and made no reply when asked what he had done. Right. Uh, a patient called Claudier... Um, in the uh, in, in the course of his evidence, spoke of Quick having collapsed on the floor shortly after he'd been involved in the assault on Green. Right. So this he's beat him up and then collapsed. Collapsed himself. Um, now Quick said that he couldn't remember assaulting Green. Right. Okay. Um, he admitted that he had been drinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that his drinks had included whiskey and a quarter of a bottle of rum. This is before he went right. to work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's Christmas and the 70s and all that. Happy still. days. Um, oh, things were better in the past. You yeah. could just be drunk at work. Yeah. He, um, he also said that he was and had been since the age of seven a diabetic and that that morning he had taken insulin as prescribed by his doctor. After taking the insulin, he had, had a very small breakfast and no lunch. So he'd right. taken insulin and done a lot of drinking on an empty stomach. Um, <laughs> Um, she said, and Dr. Kate said that on 12 or more occasions previously, Quick had been admitted um, insulin in the bloodstream 
sorry, had been admitted to hospital either unconscious or semi-conscious due to hypoglycemia. Right. Okay. Um, which is a condition brought about when there's more insulin in the bloodstream than the amount of sugar that can cope, than it can cope yeah. with. Yeah, you used to so, have to have a Mars bar if that was the case. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. there's better treatments now. I think like, there's like glucose pills and stuff like that that you can, that you can have, yeah. So like hypo meaning less, or so glycemic means like there's not enough sugar in the blood, basically. Yeah, so they'd, they, I remember mm. if someone was diabetic at school, they'd have like Mars bars with them, and they'd just have yeah. to have one. Yeah, so apparently when that imbalance occurs, the insulin has the same effects as an excess of alcohol in the human body. Um, so basically, he's got he's got double the effect. So he's, he's drunk He's like, drunk on his rum. quart of whiskey, yeah. Uh, and he's rum. also got the inherent effects of the insulin in his body, basically. Right. And interesting um, that they call it a quart. Did they say quarter bottle or did they say quart? Quarter bottle. So. Oh, okay. Because so they call it that in bottle. America and yeah. I always go, well, what did they mean exactly? Yeah. But, um, just as well, so, at the, so at the onset of the imbalance, so what happens? Like when you, So... Um, at the onset of it, the higher functions of the mind are affected. Um, it, uh, and as it, the imbalance becomes more and more marked, and more and more mental functions are upset, um, unless the antidote is given and said, and a lump of, it says here to confirm, a lump of sugar right. is an effective antidote. So I'll literally just get your sugar back up. Um, but the sufferer can relapse into a coma, basically, if you're not careful. Wow. Um, yeah, so. Rum's full of sugar. Yeah, I love exactly. Rubbish. There's a lot of sugar in. It's in, probably my favourite alcohol, drink. Yeah. but maybe it's t- maybe it's too much. Maybe he's had too much and it has the same effect. Yeah, but in the later stages of the mental impairment, the sufferer may become aggressive and violent without being able to control himself. Right. Okay. Or without knowledge at the time that what he was doing, or having any recollection afterwards of what he'd done. Now that does tally with what he says happened. Yes. He says he can't remember. I don't know why I'm on top of this dude. Yeah. yeah. And then the the other witness who's come in and seen him on top of him, and then he collapsed onto the floor. So what the doctor was just explaining there is to the effects of of, of hypoglycemia, um, is is pretty spot on with what actually happened in in those circum in that case. You know that he um, he's aggressive, and then he sort of lapses into coma. Yeah, he doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, so not guilty. Except for one thing. He's pissed. Yeah. There's also previous, so she said that on three or four occasions in hospital previously, under treatment for diabetes, quickly behaved violently when his blood sugar had got too low. So there's right. it's not all pie in the sky at this. You know, there's, um, there's an element there. Uh, there's an element of truth there, and he's got previous for it as well. Um, so, yeah, so, so that's the medical background of this. Right. And it's whether or not um, the person can... Um, you know, has he committed the offence if he actually doesn't remember any of it and wasn't actually in control of his actions? So the doctor's evidence is that he's not in control of, of his behaviour at that point. So therefore, as I mentioned before, the exercise has to be voluntary. Yeah. Um, and it's not in those circumstances. Yeah, he's still so, like an autopilot. So it's not, it's not an issue of insanity, actually. It's a physical thing, is that he's not voluntarily doing this thing. But can you see there's a crossover between the mental and the physical in, in that regard? Yeah. Um. And yes. Now, there's some argument really there about, well, has he not put himself in this position by drinking alcohol? Well, one, not eating. Yeah. When you're working in that environment. It's one thing if you're working in a foundry and you don't eat your breakfast and if you get violent, you'll start punching rocks. But if you're in a medical situation, should have eaten. Secondly, maybe you shouldn't have been drinking whiskey and a quarter bottle of rum. Yeah. yeah. That's So I think maybe those two factors negate the defence. Yeah. That that would be my guess. You think? Because, 
Yeah, well, yeah. Because you, should, you shouldn't be able to get pissed and go into work and then rely on the fact that, oh, I had a bit of a blackout. Yeah, so, so, the, so, the, so the issue, therefore, is, is whether or not, um, because if, if this was like a disease of the mind, yes. it's whether or not that is an inherent disease or it's been caused by something external. Okay, yes. so if you're trying to rely on insanity, it has to be a disease of the mind. Yeah. Okay, and it has to be an internal issue. Not... So you couldn't just so, take so a load of I'm, cocaine. I'm, yeah, exactly, and I'm off my head on it, and therefore I'm insane at that point. You're not yeah. at that stage. Otherwise, everyone would be getting themselves into... You, yeah. know, it's, it's, you can see why you can't do that, really. No. Makes sense. Um, so, as the judge says, in this case, uh, the alleged mental condition, if it ever existed, was not caused by the diabetes, but by the use of insulin prescribed by his doctor. Um, said so such malfunctioning of his mind as there was was caused by an external factor not by a bodily disorder and the nature of a disease right okay, okay. which disturbed the working of his mind said so it follows this is what quoting directly from the judgment it follows in our judgment that Quick was entitled to have his defensive automatism left to the jury which it hadn't been allowed because of the ruling of the judge and he pleaded guilty right because he said it had to be insanity um and that Mr. Judge Justice Bridges' ruling as to the effects of the medical evidence called by him was wrong. Had the defence of automatism been left to the jury, a number of questions of fact would have had to have been answered, which you've just asked, basically. Yeah, the drunk um, and the... If he was in a confused speech. mental condition, was it due to hypoglycemic episode or was it too much alcohol? Which was it? You know? Yeah. Um, if the former, to what extent had he brought about his condition by not following his doctor's instructions yeah. as regards taking regular meals? Um, did he know that he was getting into a hypoglycemic episode? If yes, why did he not use the antidote of eating a lump of sugar before he found himself <laughs> glassy-eyed beating up one of his patients? <laughs> um, so, said so on the evidence that was before, um, which was before the jury, Quick might have had difficulty in answering these questions. Yeah. Um, in a manner which would have relieved him of his responsibility for his acts. We cannot say, however, with the requisite degree of confidence that the jury would have convicted him, and it follows, therefore, that his conviction must be quashed on the grounds that the verdict was unsatisfactory. Wow. So despite him clearly being in the wrong... Yes. But because the judge didn't allow this defensive automatism to be put to the jury, his conviction gets quashed. Fantastic. Which is an interesting... So, so what, then, of Paddison, though? Because, obviously... He's egging on his yeah. sort of mentally incapacitated well, friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that makes it... I can really understand Paddison. Because I bet this... Uh, I bet one green is a pain in the arse, frankly. I can just tell he'd be a nobed. It'll yeah. be an absolute pain. You don't think he's just sat there patiently, you know, quietly no. watching... The <laughs> Antiques Roadshow night. Oh, whatever they watched in the 70s. Love thy neighbour. Crank or something like that. <laughs> it was in the afternoon. It's three o'clock oh. in the afternoon. So it, what would it have been? Oh, you see over Christmas, it'd be a Lawrence of Arabia yes, or something like that, it? Wouldn't it? Would be, it definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's watching Lawrence of Arabia, probably spoiling the ending for everyone. <laughs> Camel comes in in a minute. And, <laughs> and um, Paddison's had his shift, so he's probably had six or eight hours of green. And then he sees that... Um, Quicks kind of a oh, bit. He's got that glassy eye look. Yeah, again. Oh, go Let's on. Get him to do. Yeah. No, that is clearly then aiding and abetting, isn't it? Even on your I own definition know. as to what it should be. <clears throat> yeah, maybe it is. It is that if he's noticed that, but would maybe yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, that would be aiding and abetting. Yes. Yeah, so, so so what happens to Patterson though? So they find that basically the the quashing of Quicks conviction amounts to an acquittal. Okay. So can Patterson be deemed to have aided and abetted someone who has just been a judge not guilty? Yeah. 
As a general proposition no. of law, the answer to this question is a qualified yes. What? The facts of each case, however, have to be considered, and in particular, what's alleged to have been done by way of aiding and abetting. In this case, the allegation against Patterson was encouragement by conduct. Okay. Right. So, so he's, he's not like he's harboured him or hidden him somewhere. No, no. Because you can still, just he's, he's, you still yeah. might still mentally have committed. You know, if you you were intending to harbour someone you thought was a murderer, if they get off on a technicality, in theory, you, you've you've, you've still, still done committed that. that act. Yeah, potentially. But if in theory, it's not a hundred percent certain that he wasn't uh, acting. Well, basically, if he gets off on that because he couldn't be in control of his own actions, there's no way someone externally could control those same actions, surely. Yeah, so if Quick acted without conscious volition, it is most unlikely that Patterson would have known what he intended to do. Yeah. Um, and the quashing of Quick's conviction introduces an element of unreality into the verdict against Patterson. Yeah. Um, which is what you've just said. Has to be. And it follows that the verdict too must be quashed as being unsatisfactory. Has so to there be. You go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So poor, poor Green. Poor Green. <laughs> Is left just um, with with no with no justice at all. No, although next Christmas when Ben Hur's on, <laughs> he'll he'll stop saying it's going to be a chariot race in a minute. Shut it! If you weren't nothing. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So he he was very lucky there, I think, yes, Mister uh, Mr. Quick. Um, in in <laughs> in so much that, but it's interesting about how um, how these things work because it, because it was left. It was treated incorrectly by the judge in the lower court. You know, he said it was a defence of insanity rather than um, a defence of automatism, which have two different sets of circumstances, basically. Um, and that meant that it wasn't considered in the correct way, in yeah. essence. Um, hence the disease, you know, hence the, the insulin and so on and so forth. That can't, that can't be considered to be insanity under the McNaughton rules, which we'll come on to deal with in a future episode. Yeah. Um, they always sound exciting, the McNaughton rules. But, but they're not. <laughs> after the first one, they're really dull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, because it wasn't put to the jury, he's not had a fair trial, and therefore yeah. it's an unsafe so it's quashed. So it's quashed. So let's say next, the week after this, um, Boardman and Keogh, Boardman, diabetic, Keogh, well-known, Ada and Abetta. If <laughs> um, we did exactly this, everything's the same. And the case was then brought against Boardman. Yeah. Uh, and it was brought properly in that first instance in the first court where I, you know, could, could I rely on the fact that I was diabetic and I was having a diabetic episode and I'd passed out. But it's put before the jury that one, I was drunk and two, I'd not eaten and I'd not eaten sugar. And yeah. it's very unlikely that I could uh, go, oh, hang on, what about RV Quick? Well, no, exactly. Because you couldn't. It's, because it's different. Because, because the actual point there is not that anyone who's diabetic gets a free pass. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it, it's that the, the, the jury were never allowed to decide on this issue. Yeah. So the only way you would um, be able to rely on RV Quick, or the Crown and Quick, is if you also weren't allowed to rely on that defence. Um, and, and, and therefore, you were um, denied the opportunity to have that matter put before the jury. Um you would st- you would struggle to an- you know to answer those questions in a way that would make the jury think well that sounds fair enough you know yeah. there's like as you pointed out there is no way you would be able to sort of convince no. a jury that you should be allowed up, allowed this defence when you've put yourself in that position. So imagine the 1973 Daily Mail, the day after this verdict, all black eyed on the front, and like these vile thugs, 
and stuff. <laughs> the court's not ruled that they didn't do it. They've just ruled that it yeah. was unsafe. Yeah, exactly. The conviction was unsafe. The trial was flawed, basically. So. Yeah, but, but because of the process, they have to be... The convictions have to be quashed, which is the equivalent of an acquittal, in essence. In yes. Yeah. So tell your friends about this if you liked it, um, and give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter. We are—I don't know what we are—but at Barely Legal Comedy Podcast <laughs> yeah. or Comedy Pod. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. Just follow us or something if you can find us. 